everyone. Welcome to the Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In this week's episode, I speak with Gabby Dizon, co-founder of Yield Guild Games, or YGG. Long before Gabby was into crypto, he was into gaming, and that's how he got into playing Axie Infinity, a blockchain-based game where players earn crypto just for playing. Gabby eventually became a well-known figure in the Axie community, spreading the word, especially in his home country, the Philippines, as he saw that crypto earned for playing was making a real difference in people's lives. He started doing so well collecting axes, which are NFT tokens linked to digital mystical animals, that he started renting out his NFTs. He realized this could lead to an entirely new business model, and that's how Yield Guild Games was born. YGG scholars, or those who lease out NFTs, generated about $3.3 million in revenue in July alone, 70% of which went to players. Gabby believes YGG's play-to-earn model, where groups of people put up the initial capital needed while others perform a job or task and then split the revenue, will extend beyond gaming. Still, that's way into the future. Right now, he's focused on making sure YGG becomes an on-ramp for anyone in the world to easily start earning from playing, even if they have never heard of crypto. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com slash defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Ensign.finance. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized, open-source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. The Index Co-op is on a mission to make crypto investing simple, accessible, and safe for everyone. They've built the market-leading index products, DPI, the DeFi Pulse Index, MPI, the Metaverse Index, and BED, for one-click crypto exposure. Additionally, their flexible leverage series grants safe 2x exposure to popular crypto assets like ETH or BTC, with low liquidation risk and low cost to maintain your position. To buy or learn more about these products, go to indexcoop.com. 
All right, here we are with Gabi Dison. Uh, he is the co-founder of Yield Guild Games, uh, based in, in the Philippines, a uh, long-time gamer as well. Um, uh, Yield Guild and uh, the previous uh, game where he was very active on, Axie Infinity, is really changing the face of gaming in general um, and just en enabling uh, people, actual real people, not a, a kind of... A, crypto <laughs> um crypto diehards to to really make uh, uh just like change their lives uh with crypto so um gabby it's it's great to have you thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for having me Kami. um yeah so we we will get into uh all of those things um uh coming up but first as always, I want to just learn more about you. Like, what's your background um, and how you got started uh, with crypto in the first place? Okay, so I, I'm a lifelong gamer and I always knew that I wanted to make games growing up. So um, so I became a game developer in 2003 and was the part of the team that created the first ever game to come out of the Philippines. And in 2014, I started a mobile game studio called Altitude Games. So we were making mobile game phone, uh, mobile games for iOS and Android phones. And three years later, in 2017, I first heard about Ethereum and the concept of a smart contract or just the concept of having programmable money. And it was a very radical concept for me back then. And we started playing around with Solidity to see if it can kind of um, change the game industry somehow. And it was during this time when we were playing around with Ethereum that CryptoKitties came out of ETH Waterloo in late 2017. And it uh, crashed the Ethereum network, made a lot of news, and it, it popularized the term non-fungible token. So that was really the aha moment for me, knowing about NFTs and knowing that you could store unique tokens on the blockchain. So they could be game items, for example, that live outside the game that was truly owned by the player. So that was such a radical concept. And even up to now, it is. And that was when I decided to uh, devote my career uh, to NFT. So, yeah, I've been in the NFT scene since um, since 2018. Uh, we made a game called uh, Battle Racers that was on Decentraland. And um, I, I co-founded and uh, helped start the Blockchain Game Alliance um, as well. So what was kind of your first learnings with, with those uh, with those just early blockchain games? So um, the, the early blockchain games were very, very early. There wasn't much gameplay. So, for example, um, CryptoKitties had the concept of breeding, um, but there wasn't really um, a lot of utility to it. And because CryptoKitties got super popular, uh, then a lot of people copied it with just different kinds of animals or different themes. And um, I was actually one of the very early players of Axie Infinity. It was around October 2018, so almost three years ago. And Axie started very simple as like a battle with breeding games. So they did an iteration of CryptoKitties and added the battle component. And it was quite simple back then. But even then, um, the, the Axie team really relied on its community, which has always been the strength and the hallmark of the Axie team. And they've iterated the way at the gameplay to make something um, basically what it is now. So can you uh, go into why um, NFTs are, are an important part of blockchain games like you said you saw crypto kitties and that blew your minds what's yeah. uh special and important about like this specific technology so the concept of true ownership or the player owning the assets that can live outside the games it is immutable and it is on chain and the player owns it if you delete the game you still have the asset it's still a very radical concept that um I think for it's still very unexplored today. So if I play a game today, any game, and I delete it or I delete my account, basically all, everything I bought is gone forever. So with NFTs, your uh, your assets are stored immutably on chain. Um, your wallet owns it forever, and the game may live or die, um, but the the asset is still yours. And I think that's a really remarkable property of NFTs. Um, very cool because in in kind of traditional gaming, what happens is that you, you often own assets inside the game, right? Uh, you own kind of uh, weapons and skins and things like that. Um, but, and, and some people just like amass like real kind of wealth inside those Web2 games, uh, but they don't really own those assets, right? If, if like 
um, the gaming company uh, goes down or they get banned, people lose whatever they they bought on the game. But but now with NFTs, people can actually take those to their wallet and sell them in secondary markets, and um, it's like a whole different world. Like actual ownership is kind of what what's really changing here, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you look at the terms of service of any game, you actually don't own any of the assets that are owned by your account. It is actually owned by the by the publisher of that game. And they have the right to take away the assets every time if they feel like it's warranted. So they can't do that if your assets are on-chain. So yeah, that's a very important distinction to make. Very cool. Okay, and then you, you said you were one of the first players of, of Axie Infinity. Um, and it's you ex explained it, it's um, a, a game that's kind of like CryptoKitties where you have cute animals kind of breeding with each other. Um, but with, with the, the difference that there is um, uh, some kind of battle going on uh, between, right. between the, the, these animals. Um, so... And, and and then you got like very involved in in Axie Infinity. Um, I think th that's how I in initially kind of knew you. It was like through kind of your advocacy and just like involvement in in that community. Um, so yeah, can can you tell me more about your your experience there? Yeah, so Axie was really the first blockchain game that I got into in a big way. And uh, the community is very welcoming. And I've actually, some of my closest friends today are are people in the early Axie community that I still haven't met in real life. And we, yeah, we're pretty much um, yeah. some of the closest friends that I have in this space. And yeah, so we've been playing the game for a few years, gone through the land sale, seen all of the different developments in Axie. And now that Axie is a lot more popular, these people are now, I would say, like the elder statesmen of the game that kind of help guide mm -hmm. the culture of the community. So it's been a lot of fun watching the Axie community grow to what it is today. Very cool. Um, so I, I think what's most interesting to me about Axie is how it's making an impact, like I said at, at the start of the podcast, on kind of real people. Um, because with you know, we're so early in crypto that um, most of the impact has been uh, on kind of crypto investors and, and traders and whales, right? Um, but with games, we're seeing that it start to change. So can, can you talk about how Axie is impacting just like real people, especially in emerging markets? Sure. So Axie had always been um, pioneering on the intersection of NFTs and DeFi. And one of the things that the team did early last year was uh, to introduce a token called SLP or uh, Smooth Love Potion. So this is an in-game resource that if I go into Axie and then win a match inside the game, I earn SLP tokens. And then when I breed to Axies to create a new one, I have to spend it, so I have to burn the tokens. And this was initially uh, created as a way to control inflation, because what happened with the early CryptoKitties um, uh, population is that people just kept on breeding and breeding, and the population got too much, I guess, as compared to relative to the demand. So Axie introduced this as a way to kind of control demand, uh, control inflation, wherein you had to play the game and earn um, SLP tokens and burn them to to get the right to breed more. And the interesting mm -hmm. thing that um, they did was that you could sync your account into your wallet and then this game resource would uh, would go into your wallet as a crypto token. And now once it's a token, you can put it on Uniswap, for example, sell it for ETH, transfer it to another person. Now you can interact with the world of DeFi. And this was really groundbreaking last year. And yeah, this is basically what uh, how Play to Earn started. People are able to use their time and their skill to earn a game resource that can then be sold to another person or interact with DeFi. So cool. And so what, what you started seeing is that people started making money with these SLP tokens that people were earning from, from playing, uh, not with like necessarily the NFTs themselves, like, like the Axies themselves or both. So um, to uh, to start playing Axie Infinity, you needed to have a team of three Axies. So it was your team of Axies that you needed. So you had to buy the NFTs to be able to play the game and battle against someone else. And then when you battle and win, then you earn the token. So it's using your NFTs to earn some form of yield. Mm, got it. Um, so what, like, 
how much can people expect to earn from this? Like how much were people actually earning? Okay, so we'll go back last year when this, uh, it, actually it mm -hmm. was this time last year in August that um, this first started happening. Um, so uh, the, the price of uh, Ethereum was a lot smaller, uh, was a lot lower back then. But what happened was that people were buying teams and they were earning somewhere between three to $500 um, a month. And uh, minimum wage here in the Philippines is around 200. So people were earning a multiple of the, of the jobs that they were actually laid off from. And these people who were uh, earning this money, they weren't like super savvy technological people. These were re basically regular people who were gamers who were able to onboard mm. into a game, um, learn how to play and um, to win the tokens. And then now that they had tokens to cash out, then that's how they uh, learn crypto after. So that was the really cool part about that. And of course, the the amount of um, the, the amount of money that you can earn in kind of fiat terms changes. But what these people found was that in places such as around Southeast Asia and Latin America, it was actually a multiple of the earning that people got from their local opportunities. Very cool. Um, okay, so how, how did uh, your role at Axie then develop into a co-founding Yield Guild? Okay, so um, around the same time last year, the concept of a scholarship program happened. So the, the interesting thing about Axie is that um, there are two ways to log into the game. One with your user account, username, password, and the other one is signing with your crypto wallet, signing a transaction, basically. And what people found out was that I can give you, for example, my uh, username and password. You can log into my account, use my Axies, and then you can start playing the game. And you can er start earning SLP, but you can't run away with the axes or SLP that you earn because you don't have access to the private key. So this is how the lending started. People who had a lot of excess axes started lending out their excess axes and their accounts to other people who then had the time and the ability to play, but they couldn't afford the upfront cost of buying Axie teams. And then there's a revenue sharing going on. And usually the, the majority of the rev share actually goes to the scholar or the player playing these games. Okay, so so there was this uh, like model of renting out axes uh, going on, yeah. and and did you start renting out your own axes? Yeah, so I started at first. I started selling a lot of axes, and then I started renting out some mm -hmm. of my own. Then I realized that we could do this scalably in a scalable manner, in a way that you can impact you know thousands and ultimately, hopefully, millions of lives around the world if you do this via. Um, technology, automation, if you had venture capital. So yeah, so that's that's how Yield Guild started. Like I saw the model of mm. scholarships happening organically in the community. And I decided along with my co-founders to turn it into something much bigger that could scale. Okay, so is, is the initial idea of Yield Guild Games to um, go into uh, all these different blockchain games, I imagine not just Axie, and um, getting the assets, like the NFTs, uh, like the, the players or whatever asset it, it is um, that people need to play these games and, um, and then rent, them out, rent those assets out at, at scale uh, for people, for more people to be able to access these games and play. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're what we call a play to earn gaming guild. So the guild itself um, has uh, funds that it uses to invest in NFTs that earn yield. So it could be Axis and Axie mm. Infinity. We have land in Sandbox. We have cars in Rev Racing, for example. And then we mm. uh, lend these out to our players. So the players are the ones that play the games. They earn an income and we take a small slice out of it. And yeah, we this is something that we've been scaling for uh, for you know since uh, since the end of last year, and now uh, the guild has over fifty thousand members. We're in twelve countries across, um, mostly across Southeast Asia, India, and Latin America, and yeah, we're just looking to, to kind of scale it further, and then uh, and then kind of scale it as a DAO as well. Oh, very cool. Um, okay, so how many how many uh, players versus how many scholars are there versus how do you call the people who are just like renting out uh, the assets? 
Yeah, so uh, the, the Axie scholars, there's around um, almost 5,000, so around 10% mm -hmm. of the player, player base. And the rest, some of them own their own assets. Some of them are there because they want to learn about uh, latest games. Some of them are like NFT investors. But yeah, we have a super, super active community in our Discord of just play-to-earn enthusiasts from around the world. Very cool. Um, okay, so how much how much money are are, are players making? Like, uh, how much money did YGG make uh, in August? Okay, so we are doing a GMV right now of somewhere between one to two hundred thousand dollars every day, and of that, seventy percent goes to our scholars, twenty percent to the community managers. So the community managers are community members around the world who are empowered with our technology to recruit and train the scholars under them, and then ten percent uh, goes to the guild. So we get the smallest share, and pretty much everything that we pay out, almost everything, ninety percent goes to our community. Got it. Um, and in all, how much how much have you have you made in in gaming? Like since you started. Okay, so I have to quote this in SLP because we we make our revenue in SLP. So we've uh, mm -hmm. we've done fifty one million SLP lifetime um, since we started, and I actually don't know what the price of SLP now, but it's probably somewhere between like seven to nine million dollars, and most of that has happened in the last like two or three months when Axie has really taken off. Wow. Okay. Um, and and that's split uh, among around uh, 5,000 players? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's very cool. Um, and um, so, okay. So people are making... I mean, would you say most people playing uh, uh, with YGG, are they like doing this full time? Like, are they making a living off of playing these games? So not full time. I We estimate that people are playing somewhere between two to four hours a day. Some of them have jobs and are using it to augment their income. Some of them are basically jobless mm -hmm. or laid, laid off or stuck at home and then using this as kind of primary means of income, but yeah, it, it's all over the place. And like even the age demographic, we have people who are kind of like teenagers to 80 years old who are playing the game. Like it's it's such a wide range of people who are actually playing Axie Infinity. Very cool. Um, what do you think is missing for this to to reach a, a wider number of people? Um, I, I've like. I don't know. Anecdotally, I've I've seen people just uh, kind of maybe struggle with onboarding to to the game. For example, I mean, there's like just like multiple tutorials and like videos on on like just like how to start playing. So I'd imagine that's a pain point. But um, yeah, what do you? What's kind of the next steps for YGT to really kind of reach a more mainstream uh, audience? Sure. So. That's where really the power of community comes in. That's um, You're right in that onboarding is a little hard, especially if you have your own axes. You have to figure out how to do a Ronin wallet, a MetaMask wallet, how to cash out. So there comes the power of community that is helping each other. There's a lot of kind of um, content creators creating tutorials. But what we do at YGG is that we're actually really easing the onboarding flow because we create the accounts and now we just uh, let the player log in and play. So they don't actually mm -hmm. have to know blockchain when they start playing and they start playing the game. And then when it's time to cash out and they receive the SLP in their wallet, then they're very motivated to learn how to how to use crypto. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Um, that that's 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 interesting. That YGG is is serving as this kind of like interface for, right. for users who might not be as as knowledgeable in crypto. Um, and then maybe uh, it, like SLP might be just like a a a, a stepping stone into um, uh, these gamers just like getting into into crypto more more broadly. Maybe after that they can start using. Uh, DeFi or, or 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 just I mean just getting more more used to just using crypto, right? Yeah. So my favorite thing about what we're doing is that for a lot of our demographic, it's the first time in their lives that they've actually had extra money. So the first time that they have extra mm -hmm. money, they pay off their debts, they put food on the table, they pay 
uh, for medical bills of their families. And then after a few cycles of that, they actually start getting savings. And when they get savings, then they think about what do I do with my excess SLP? Do I buy AXS, the governance token of Axie? Do I buy land in Axie Infinity? Do I buy more Axies and then start my own scholarship program? Or do I turn it into Ether, um, go into DeFi? So now the world opens up when they go from a situation where they don't have any money and to now through the playing because of their time and their effort and their skill for the first time, they get to have like excess um, income in their lives. So interesting. I mean, do you have um, any kind of like specific stories uh, that that of like I don't know the, your community that you know that that uh, you can mention? So my my favorite story are the grandmother and grandfather, the Lolo and Lola from uh, from the Play to Earn documentary that we released last May. Um, the interesting thing about this was that they like they had a small store. Uh, uh, in in like uh, in their house that they were selling to other people, but they were augmenting their income with playing Axie, and it was actually enough to kind of pay for their medical bills. And we checked up on them a few months later to see how they were doing, and we learned that their daughter, who had migrated to Canada for a better life and better income, had actually come upon some financial aid, and they were able to send money to their daughter in Canada and kind of help her financially because of them playing Axie Infinity. Oh my God. So it's like the, the opposite of what you'd expect. Like, uh, people, I'm sorry, where were uh, they based? Oh, in, in oh, the Philippines, uh, you said. Yeah, they were in the Philippines. That's right. Right. So, yeah, the opposite of what you'd expect. Like, people in an, an, an emerging country helping out someone in a developed country, uh, a family member. Um, that, that's really cool. Um, so, okay. So, th this is kind of a. It, taking off even though you know it, it's still not not mainstream but but still still impacting um just uh, regular people in in emerging countries um and you recently raised a um uh a big round uh 4.6 million was it uh That's with right. a16c with Andreessen. Uh, so, so super kind of, you know, reputable, um, uh, Silicon Valley VC backing just this new way of, of gaming. Um, this kind of, yeah, new, new, new model of, of, of gaming really with, uh, with this kind of guild enabling other um, players. Um, what, what's, what's kind of the big vision? Like, what are you planning to do with this fund? Uh, with these um okay, yeah, so, race. So we're uh, really trying to kind of blanket the world with these digital assets. So it might be Axie, it might be NFT cars, it might be virtual land, but we see ourselves as the gateway to the metaverse where people can earn an income no matter where they are in the world. Like doesn't care what country you're from, what race you're in, what gender you're in. As long as you have access to the internet and a wallet, you should have um, equal access to the income earning opportunities in crypto via these games. So that's really the big vision. It shouldn't matter whether you know, you're in Philippines or you're in Argentina or in the US or you're in Kenya or in China. As long as you have access to these games and the wallet, you should be able to earn the same amount of money. And that really democratizes the income earning capacity of people around the world. Um, that's a, that's a huge vision. So, um, do you do you foresee YGG becoming just like this global um, employer, or just like I don't know? It's it, it's like a new new kind of employer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that it's a an evolved version of the gig economy. Uh, wherein, you know, like mm. with the gig economy, you had Uber and Lyft with drivers around the world. Here, we, of course, we don't employ them, but we provide access to a lot of these creative jobs that are um, in crypto via these games. So you could be a player in Axie Infinity, you could be a content creator, you may be creating avatars in the sandbox, you may be creating digital fashion. We, we are the ones to provide access to these games. And oftentimes you need to have some form of investment in the form of NFTs before you start playing. And we remove that barrier so that all you really need to bring is your skill um, to these games to start earning. 
That's so cool. Um, can you talk about more about kind of the, the kinds of games that, that there exist out there? Okay, so the I guess the most exciting part of it for me as a gamer is that there are so many ways you can um, express yourself by playing these different games, right? So, of course, um, a lot of people now have heard about Axie Infinity, and there's Formula One Delta Time, which we're into, which is like a, a licensed Formula One uh, racing game. Um, there's Sandbox, which is a, a virtual world where people can come in, create content, and like similar to a Roblox, I would say, but with uh, people own their own land um, and their assets. And um, there are other games that we've invested into that will be coming out either later this year or sometime next year. Games like Guild of Guardians, which is a role-playing game, like similar to Diablo. Star Atlas, which is like a full space opera sci-fi game, which is super cool. Um, games like Illuvium and Nifty Island. There are actually so many games to look forward to and so many creative ways to earn an income. Do these games uh, compare to, in, in terms of just like graphics and complexity, um, it, it, it compare to just like traditional games? Or would you say that there's still kind of work to do on that front? So they're complex, but they're complex in a different way. So for me, mm -hmm. if I wanted to be entertained with a good story and just like top-notch graphics, I would just turn on the PlayStation and play a game. So I play blockchain games for a different reason in that I want to be immersed in the kind of economic world um, that these uh, mm -hmm. games and these assets bring me and the community as well, which is one of the most important parts. So with the early state of blockchain games, the kind of polish might be not be there as you would see from a typical you know, Xbox or PlayStation game, but they're actually innovating on a different front, which is the economic model, which is the important part. Because if I have a really nice and polished graphical game, but uh, you know, like NFTs are not used in a, in a creative way, then like it doesn't really matter to me. So can can you expand that a bit more on that? So um, what do you mean? How how are they innovating in in the economic models? Is it um, because they 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 need to find ways to uh, make these kind of in game assets and and tokens work with like you were saying with like making sure there's not too much inflation, for example, um, and and um, and how does the player kind of live that? Right. So with play to earn, you are taking your game economy and then you're putting parts of it on the blockchain so that your players can own those assets and easily trade it amongst themselves. So these might be NFTs. These might be fungible tokens like SLP. Um, and it takes a lot of work on the kind of game design and tokenomics front. You actually have to understand not only game economy, but also like tokenomics to figure out what makes for a good um, play to earn game. And yeah, that's that's the truly groundbreaking thing about Axie Infinity, for example. The reason that it's reached, like it's it's one of the top earning games in the world right now. It has over 1 million daily active users. Um, there is, I think, between 30 to $40 million of trading volume every day, which makes it one of the top games in the world. And they did it without being available on either the Google Play or the iOS App Store. They're not on Steam. So there's really a new innovative model that came out. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so so the way that they're in, in obviously incentivizing players is because they, there's this just economic potential and that's kind of driven it to want to be one of the top uh, games. That's, that's right. That's remarkable. Um, yeah, we're, we're seeing this across crypto, right? Just how, how, just how well incentives work. Uh, you know, we, we saw this with like yield farming and um, and how uh, lending protocols were able to get hundred like hundreds of millions of of dollars in assets in just like a couple of days by incentivizing people with with their tokens. So now games are are doing the same thing uh, by incentivizing incentivizing their players with um, with uh, the chance of of getting economic returns from from playing. Um, yeah, it's it's these like crypto incentives are really changing the game for like every industry. Um, 
Okay, and speaking of economic models, I'm I, I'm interested to hear more about your um, the YGG token. So uh, you had a, a token sale um, for YGG's own own token. How how does that fit in to with everything else? Okay, so you can think of a YGG token as kind of, or the YGG itself as like an index of all of the kind of uh, productive assets that we have in the guild. So all of the mm -hmm. NFTs we have, the fees that are earning. And yeah, so we're set up uh, in what we call a DAO of DAO. So like YGG itself is the mother DAO and we have sub DAOs which are their own um, DAOs that are comprised of the assets of, for example, a particular game. So we have a game called League of Kingdoms, for example, that we have spun out into its own sub DAO. It has its own token and um, a different like players have bought in into the token which which represent a fraction of the ownership of the land that we have in the game and now they have localized governance where the people who are playing the game actively can do governance on how do we play this game what do we do with the yield that comes out so they have their own kind of localized governance and this is something that we're going to replicate across like the whole of YGG so on the top side on the token think of it as like an index of everything that we own underneath and then on the sub-DAO level, there are localized ownership and governance by the players who are actively playing the game. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so for example, um, um, players in uh, of Axie Infinity in, uh, in, in the Philippines, they can own YGG token. And by owning YGG token, they get some sort of exposure to uh, all the actual axes that uh, YGG owns, and they get to um, maybe vote in governance on um, what YGG does with uh, those uh, those axes. Maybe they can vote on whether you <clears throat> will increase um, uh, breeding, like how much axes you're you're breeding, and, and so on. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea, and. The best part about what we're doing is that 45% of the entire token supply is actually reserved for players to earn via playing rather than having to buy it. Mm. So right now that that represents over $4 billion worth of the token. So what it, it's what, what we call this is a community mining. So instead of liquidity mining, where the whales can come in and get most of the token rewards, in community mining, we have some quests that are overlaid on top of our partner games. Our guild members can go in and do those quests, and then they earn our token in, the exchange, in exchange. So that's how we want to empower all of the players within our community to earn our token with, um, uh, yeah, basically, with their skill and their effort and their contributions rather than simply with money. Very cool. Um, okay. Um, I want to talk to you. Oh, so, sorry. Something else about the uh, YGG uh, uh, business model. Um, I also uh, read that you are uh, participating in DeFi and, and a different kind of yield uh uh, farming uh, platforms and that you are investing uh, like you said in in other games um in other games uh, tokens so how it, it seems like you have uh, like there's like um a fund like a ygg fund that's that's part of of the the, the broader uh, organization yeah so part of the money we raised is used as a fund to buy tokens and to participate with DeFi so that we can invest in new and upcoming games. So we don't just buy um, assets that are already live. We've also partic participated in kind of early stage deals alongside VCs in games like Illuvium, for example, Star Atlas. And we are going to participate in DeFi with the tokens that we have. So for example, we own a fairly large amount of uh, Axis AXS token. And when staking comes out, we plan to be very active in the staking and governance of uh, Axie as well. Got it. Um, so, so you're kind of actively managing your token treasury using DeFi. That's right. Is is that something that um, that YGG holders can vote on, like how you're using your treasury? Not at the moment. It's um, something that I would say. 
like the way we think about decentralization is that we want to decentralize from the gaming side first, like like how the game assets mm. are being used, and then kind of slowly make our way up to like the I would say like what the core team are doing with the funding. So right now <clears throat> we're focusing on the kind of economic decentralization, having players earn the economic upside, and then the sub DAO um, governance of how the game assets are being used. Got it. Um, okay, and then I want to ask you just about the the broader NFT space. Um, you know, it's it's really been blowing up these uh, past couple of weeks. Uh, there's you know, crypto bonds going for several million dollars. Like every every kind of drop is just like selling out. Like it it seems we're in this kind of uh, weird frenzy, um, you know, like I, I covered ICOs uh, at my time uh, at Bloomberg and it, it's starting to kind of feel a bit like that, like just like a lot of hype. Um, want, want to get your thoughts on how much of of the current NFT space you think is, is hype? Uh, what uh, and if and when uh, it kind of blows over, uh, why do you think um, is here to stay? So the interesting thing about NFTs is that it's starting to cross over into culture. So we've seen this earlier mm -hmm. this year with, for example, um, NBA Top Shot and with art um, being super popular. Now it's more like connect collectibles with um, CryptoPunks and of course with Axie Infinity as well. So it's not just anymore kind of DeFi where there's a lot of, I would say, financial applications that are happening. Um, it's a lot more playful now where people are uh, yeah, basically using these NFTs as culture, as something that people are proud to own. Um, and yeah, that's why you're seeing a lot of frenzy. And a lot of times people use NFTs as kind of a status symbol. They buy a $2 million punk to show that they can buy and own a $2 million punk. And yeah, just the, I would say that the psychology about owning um, rare NFTs is a little bit different just from simply owning a token. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you, do you expect... Uh, all, all these people buying NFTs now, do you see kind of more staying power there than uh, people who bought just random tokens in kind of the ICO boom? I mean, I don't know, the, the fact that you you can kind of do stuff with, with these NFTs seems a bit different to me. Like you, you can um, belong to a community, though, of course, like it depends on whether that community um grows and, and develops over time, what, what happens to, to those tokens. Uh, but just the fact that these things, um, you know, are, are interesting and, and, and they're artistic and playful and, and they're kind of different characters, uh, at least, you know, they, they look nicer in your wallet than just like some random token. <laughs> do, do you see kind of that kind of <laughs> making a difference? So there is definitely speculation going around in NFTs as well. And sometimes it does feel like people are playing a hot potato game across like this uh, mm. profile, like uh, collectibles or that one. Um, but I think that is the... That is the nature of any uh, like of any um, thing in technology that undergoes mass adoption. I think the speculation really comes hand in hand with it. I guess if you are coming in, you you do have to be discerning and really also study and have a thesis for what you are investing in. So, for example, I own some Mystic Axes, which are quite valuable. I don't really trade them, and I know they'll be worth um, a lot more someday because as Axie grows in adoption, these rare Axie collectibles will become rarer and rarer as kind of compared to the general population. And um, CryptoPunks has basically crossed to the level of culture where, you know, uh, you have like pop stars buying them, millionaires buying them. They're now um, being sold in the major auction houses. So CryptoPunks have kind of elevated to a different stature. But I would say that's not going to be the case for all of the different um, NFT projects out there. I think a lot of them will also kind of dry up in liquidity and communities will die around them. So um, people also have to be careful about what they're buying into because, um, yeah, not everything will make money. Totally. Um, okay, and then to, to wrap up, uh, 
what what are you uh, most excited about that you're seeing in this space um that i don't know uh, anything kind of new that that uh, you think has been maybe uh, under uh, underreported so um well this is the opposite of underreported but i'm really interested in <laughs> in the projects that are exploring the metaverse concept so there's this this concept of these mm -hmm assets and projects working with each other so that you can bring your asset, for example, from one game or one virtual world to another and have it represented there. So it might be an avatar, for example, that you bring across crypto boxes to Decentraland and like to other virtual worlds as well. It might be um, NFT clothing that you can wear in an avatar in one game, and then it could also be in another virtual world. There's so much kind of fertile cross-collaboration going on right now, which is made easy because the assets are NFTs. And yeah, for me, this is really like the most interesting thing because now we have open economies because the assets are on-chain. It's easier for different projects to work together take the assets from one game and then bring it into their world. Um, and yeah, that's that's really the most exciting thing for me. Yeah, so there's been so much talk about the metaverse. Um, and I think like everyone has a different vision or like view of what it this actually is. Like what, what does the metaverse look like for you? Okay, so I, I have a slightly different take on it. It's not about virtual reality. Mm. I think it's about this kind of um, shared internet economies that people can participate in. Um, it matters that people can participate at the same time and the economies are open. So um, blockchain is kind of the kind of economic backbone of it. Then you have the NFTs that are the assets um, that people can own and then take with them to different worlds. Play to earn is like the backbone of that economy where people can kind of use these assets and earn um, earn some kind of income or some kind of yield because of their uh, because of their skills, and then um, there are different interfaces to it. You could say that Twitter, for example, is like your two D interface to the metaverse because you interact with different avatars there, and then you go to Discord for deeper communities, and then you go into the different games, virtual worlds where you bring your assets with you or, or, uh, that are in the wallet. So I think we are like very early in the stages of the metaverse, but as we go along in time and these richer virtual worlds are being built, the kind of core of it will still be there that I go in with my friends, maybe uh, show show myself in that world as an avatar using the assets that I own in, in my wallet. And I use, I interact with those assets with the game world to earn some form of yield or NFTs. Mm, very cool. So do you foresee YGG um, or maybe DAOs uh, similar to it be used not only in gaming, but yeah. as you like as you said earlier something like yeah broad like just like a gig economy where people are facilitating people to other people to earn uh an income um with uh, like having like upfront assets on yeah maybe just like taking like a like an uber example maybe in in the future there will be like a, a ygg like organization who maybe owns those cars and then it, it that kind of allows uh, people like drivers to start making an income that way i don't know just thinking maybe like play play to earn is like wider than just play in this like metaverse yeah. universe yeah. absolutely so i see guilds as like the core unit of people that you want to interact with the entire Web3 world. So it could just be games, mm -hmm. it could be virtual worlds, you could be doing into DeFi applications. And I think the kind of distinction between an NFT world and DeFi will just blur at some point. Maybe you have to go into the world, mm -hmm. into a 3D world to interact with the DeFi application, or maybe the DeFi application has some mini games in it. So I think it's actually just part of the same thing. You're just approaching mm -hmm. it from different ends. For me, DeFi is like gamified finance and then play to earn mm -hmm. is like fina financialized gaming and i think at some point these are just going <laughs> to converge totally so interesting gabby thank you so much for joining me this was a, an amazing conversation um, i really enjoyed it thank you kami and before we close here's another word about our awesome sponsors 
The Index Co-op is on a mission to make crypto investing simple, accessible and safe for everyone. They've built the market-leading index products, DPI, the DeFi Pulse Index, MPI, the Metaverse Index and BED for one-click crypto exposure. Additionally, their flexible leverage series grants safe 2x exposure to popular crypto assets like ETH or BTC with low liquidation risk and low cost to maintain your position. To buy or learn more about these products, go to indexcoop.com. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized, open source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies, lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Ensign.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.